Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of Inside Out with Sahas and Ali. Uh, like you know, if you're already watching us, see, uh, like in, if you've watched us, our previous episodes, you know that we talk about mental health, we talk about mindset, and we challenge the belief system to push you, ask, push you to ask more whys, because there is a genius inside of you. Yes, I said genius, because you are one. Today we have a very special guest, Gary Hibbert. On our podcast, Gary is a licensed realtor and a real estate investor as well. He became a full-time entrepreneur in 2014 and achieved massive success since then. If you are in real estate investing in Ontario or in Canada for that matter, you know who is he. He's also the host of his own podcast, The Real, uh, Real Talk with Gary, where he educates and inspires people to change their mindset. Gary is driven by his goal of helping others and making a difference. Gary, thank you so much for doing this with us today. Thank you very much. That was a great introduction. I like it. And you know what I like? <laughs> I, I like the name of the podcast, Inside Out. I think that's a, that's a great name for the show because I, I think that's that's correct. It starts from the inside. You know? Exactly. And, and if you can look at yourself inside, um, you know, as, as opposed to looking for a cure on the outside and, 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 and blaming other people because where you are and looking at them for, for the results, right? Yeah, so you- I like that. You nailed it. You know what's funny? Because like we actually had to describe our um, this inside out idea to a lot of people, but you nailed it the moment you came in. I like that. Yeah. You got it right. That's it's exactly was, what it is. It was as if you were reading from a bio description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what though? It could because it, it does. It comes down to the mindset, right? And I, and I think once I started shifting my mindset, I realized that uh, it really anything is possible. You hear it when you're younger, and I think as you start getting into your twenties and your thirties and the family starts and, and then you, you kind of start forgetting some of these teachings, but if you can go back to it and, and um, I really believe like, you know, when you, when you go, aha, like, you know, you know, those aha moments, I don't mm-hmm. think sometimes those, those aren't new. Those are things that you, you, you forgot and are remembering again, you know, that's what, that's what I think aha moments are. Could be wrong, but I, it, it it sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And mm-hmm. so through that, you know, uh, a lot of things that uh, like the other reason that we have by the name of Inside Out is because, like, it's time to also you know talk it out to get it out of your system, whatever you have inside. It's being so like that is why like whatever we talk about it, like even we have the way that we have described you, we have given your introduction. That is the surface level introduction. But what we want to tell people is that what is the under the surface? And you, everyone has gone through their kind of shit in their lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that be through man- mental health, uh, like maybe depression, maybe something, something has impacted them in their lives. And that is under the surface. So that is not on the surface. A lot of people that you go on Instagram, they just put on the smileys, filters and everything, but they're never putting out their failures out there. Right. Right. And the people who are depressed, they're looking at the successes and they're getting more depressed because of the fact that they cannot reach to that levels. Yeah, very true. And, and especially in the world of social media today, right, it's very easy to keep scrolling and looking at other people's lives and how amazing it is. And that you end up stop posting yourself or you forget the content that you should be putting out as well. And, 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 and you're always comparing yourself to other people's lives when you really, you know, that is, I think, what also can cause mental health, right? Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. when you start looking at the way that other people are living and it's like, it's, it's not attainable. And I get caught in that as well, too. You know, I'm like, well, look at this other investment club or look at this other real estate investor and they're crushing it here and they're crushing it there. And, 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 and it can, it can weigh on you. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I think even sometimes even for the best, it, it can, uh, it can catch you if, if you're not mentally strong and have the right mindset. You know, it's really interesting you talk about that. I was listening to um, a podcast by, uh, I forgot the name. He's a celebrity. Um, he was in Take Him to the Greek. And anyway, so he, he had a really good um, take on social media. He said, you know what, like social media is a double-edged sword. Uh, you know, you go, go on there and he, like as a celebrity who makes millions of dollars, he goes on there. He sees people on his own social circle, how good they're doing. And that drags him down as well. But that's why he tends to go on a hiatus once in a while and just, you know, quit social media. But at the same time, he says, you know, it's a powerful tool. Like it helps me reach people. It helps me share things that are valuable. So it really depends how you look at it. Right. So it's kind of 
I get it. Like you want to go on there and you help want to help people at the same time, you have to be cognizant on the fact that people will be sharing uh, fake lives as a say, or a image of what it actually is uh, or what's going on and just take it as face value. Don't take right. it as they're better than you or their life is way better than yours. Right. And, and you know, what's important, I think, and, and this might maybe help people who are on social media and uh, to, to try to use it as a, as a good tool, because it is a good tool if, and it can be a bad tool, right? Mm -hmm. No different than anything else, right? A car is a great vehicle to get you from A to B, but it can also kill people. And yeah. so uh, the, the way that I try to look at it and when I'm on there is there's, there's reactive and there's proactive. And so when you're reactive, this is when you're looking at the world at a larger level, and then you start to make more emotional decisions. And then you, you can see it where now people start posting things on coronavirus and, um, you know, mask, anti-mask. And, and, so and so they're trying to change the world and it's impacting them emotionally. Well, what I try to do, and again, look, I sometimes get caught in it as well too, but what I try to do and focus and remember is that let me work more on the, not the reactive, but the proactive, which is the smaller circle and the things that I can control and the things that I can influence and the people that I can try and change their lives and try. So I'm always trying to put more motivational things out there or videos or posts that um, can affect somebody else positively. And, and also me as well too, because I'm putting that positive content out. Right. Mm -hmm. I can easily turn around and say, F Trudeau and Doug Ford, you're taking my life, my freedoms away. Right. I, I get all that. That is happening, but I don't have to focus on it. And so don't worry about that larger circle, because what are you going to do? You're you going to go down and talk to Doug Ford? No, you're probably not. <laughs> so, so leave that alone. Right. And, and focus mm -hmm. more on things that you can control. No, absolutely. That's a very good answer. Yeah, because uh, it's so easy to, you know, get... Uh, distracted by what is happening around you mm -hmm. and especially during these times when we know that uh, nothing it seems that you know it's it's unfair a lot of people feel that you know it's unfair that economy is suffering and everything is happening but this is how like i think we just have to adapt in whatever the changes are happening we just need to adapt and see whatever the best route that we can take in taking care of ourselves first because that is the most primary uh, reason because if we are unable to take care of ourselves, our mental health, our fitness, our bring a kind of a discipline during these times, things are going to go south and you will not know when did you start getting into that. Right. You know, you hit on a, a very, very important word there, which is adapt. And the, the, the people that are able to adapt the fastest are the ones that can survive. And so I've, when I started um, our, 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 our company back in 2010, um, and from then, I've always written a newsletter every single week. Okay, I've taken breaks in the summer because that's when we take our hiatus and in, in, in the winter. But even up until today, um, I still write a newsletter every single week. And going back in those newsletters, every year is like major change happening, major change happening, another major change happening. And every year, it was like the real estate investing world is never going to be the same. It's never going to be the same. And when you look back at it, it's always the ones that always adapt that are able to transition it because no different than what's happening right now. Yeah. People are like, oh, there's no way we're going to buy any more cash flow and properties. I look at my board, right. it is full. It is full. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to always be able and willing to adapt and, 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 and shuffle and move and you'll, and you'll survive. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You just got to start thinking outside the box. And, and that's the one great thing that I love about, I would say being an entrepreneur um, and, and it was a difficult transition from the nine to five world into that entrepreneur world because, it, you know, you have to learn how to become creative. Yeah. And, and one of the things that you'll, 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 you'll discover is that there's so many different ways to adapt and there's so many different ways to make money and there's so many different ways to, to live your life and design your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Gary, do you want to bring, bring that same topic up? Um, keeping in mind your transition from the nine to five world to mm -hmm. who you are now, you yeah. know, we all go through our journey. Um, like Sahas wasn't the same Sahas when he came to Canada. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't the same person last year. Gary wasn't the same person when he quitted nine to five. Mm -hmm. Walk us through that journey, that transformation, that mindset transformation you had to overcome from, I need my job to, 
you know what? I can survive. I can do this without anyone's help. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'll kind of start around maybe say 2008, 2009. Um, and what had happened was it was Black Monday. Uh, went into work. I was working at TD Bank and the managers came out and he goes, I called in one of our, our co-workers uh, and he comes out and you can see the look on his face. And he's like, oh my God, he just got let go. And so all day they started letting, letting people go. And, uh, and I remember I was like, I need this job. I cannot lose this job because I just bought a home and manager comes at the end of the day and uh, he goes, all right, that's it. Whoever's left, you guys are safe. And I remember driving wow. home and I go, never again do I ever want to feel like somebody's in control of my financial freedom or future. Um, and so that really kind of got me going down a journey of um, finding how do I get out of this nine to five job? Problem is I, I didn't know how to, and I kept doing a whole bunch of different things. But then I remembered a couple of years ago, my brother had brought over this video called The Secret. And uh, I went back and I watched it again. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, can it be that simple? Can it be just writing down what you want, this wishful thinking? And I was like, you know what, let me try it. And so that was kind of the start. And then I stumbled across, I'm trying to remember how I did, but I don't remember how I did. But anyways, it doesn't matter. But I came across Jim Rohn. And I would say nice. that person completely changed my whole entire life. Because then I started realizing that it's just a mindset thing. And one of the mm -hmm. things that he talked about was goal setting and writing down what you want and just dreaming big, but writing it all down, just writing it all down. Does it matter how small, how big? Because most people don't have a list of what they want. And so I did that. I wrote down everything that I wanted. It was about 100 things. And then I labeled it one, three, five, ten meaning I can achieve this in one year, three years, five years, or 10 years. And anything I could achieve in one year went on my whiteboard and everything else went into the drawer. And so what I'm really trying to say is that I then started to learn that I could design a life. And so that I remember that one year I wrote down, I want four investment properties. And you got to remember now too, I didn't have the money to buy four investment properties, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, that was only maybe about a couple of years into this. And at the end of the year, I had four investment properties. And then I was like, I get it. It has nothing to do with money. Yes. See, people think that you have to have the money yeah. to actually be able to buy things or to do things or to achieve things. You don't. It's just, it's just a, an illusion. Yes, you, you, you sometimes have to have all, some of it, obviously, but you don't actually have to control it. What you have to do is become attractive. And if you, the more attractive you become, the more you can attract more money to you. Because see, if you, if you hold on to money, right, it, it, it's useless. Money is only powerful or, or you can use it is when you're actually using it. It's kind of like oxygen. Like hold on to oxygen and hold on to it and don't let go. Eventually you mm -hmm. have to, right? So right. once I started to understand that concept of money and, and not the lust of money, that then started giving me more of the courage to then say, well, if that's possible, what else is possible? Because then now this is just a mindset thing. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I started going down even deeper into those rabbit holes and listening to other people like Brian Tracy, um, and Tony Robbins, um, Zig Ziglar. And I, they all kind of had a common theme. They said it different, but they had common themes. And I'm like, well, then this has to be the pathway to, to living a more fruitful life. And the day that I finally decided that I wanted to leave, I remember going into my manager's office. I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. And, you know, he goes, okay, are you sure? And then I, I go, yeah, yeah. And he goes, okay, why don't you do it? And it took a little while, a couple of weeks. And he goes, why don't you take a sabbatical? And I was like, okay, I'll take a sabbatical. Um, but I go, let, let me think about it. So I went home, thought about it, came back into work the next day. And I go, no, I don't want a sabbatical. And he goes, why? He goes, because then that means that I could fail. Yes. And I'm not leaving here to fail. So I don't mm -hmm. need a sabbatical. And, uh, and, and that was probably one of the best days really of my life. That was when you were truly free. Yeah. First day became, 
and I, and I didn't have, yeah, and I didn't have the income yet really, but, but, but I, but I could see where the business was going. I can see where the ideas were going. I could see mm-hmm. what I could create. And, and once I left and it, and it took a little while, there's obviously a lot of stumbling and figuring out. And, you know, now you don't, I don't have eight hours. I have to sit at this desk and I get, I get eight extra hours now that I can work on mm-hmm. this business. And it's not an easy transition either. Cause you, you cause mm-hmm. you're also trying to find your footing of what does my day look like? Yeah. Right. right. So it's so true. It's uh, once you have that proof of concept, you know, you gain that confidence within you that you can do this, but it is so hard to get to that level first, because like you said, all the people you mentioned, you know, that's something we all talk about, like it's mindset, mindset, uh, but nobody really gets it until they start doing it. Like, you know, you can write all the goals you want. You can like, you know, like pinpoint a hundred dollar bill on your ceiling, like all that works. But until you start actually doing it, that's not until you actually take the first step. I've noticed you're not going to see that change. Like that was one area I was really stuck in for the longest time. I was reading all these books. I'm like, why is it not happening? And then, you know, an opportunity, an opportunity came along and I was ready mentally and I jumped on it and everything else was opened up. Right. That's when I kind of realized that, okay, I was, I was becoming the person who I had to be to get that opportunity in the first place. Right. And I think you also touched on something which was really important. And I think which the secret left out was, is the action piece is Mm -hmm. you, you actually have to go and work now. Uh, it, yeah. it's, it's not just wishful thinking. There's a, you know, unfortunately there's no easy way to success. I, I wish there was, I've, I've looked, I've tried many different ways. I mean, I've, I've gone into Amway. I've, I've done oh, really? trading and currency mm-hmm. trading and ACN and uh, you, tr- you name it. I've tried it. <laughs> no, this is and uh, like, it's just like burn the ship is a ship's approach, right? Like, yeah. You have nowhere else to go. Once you know that in order to be successful, you have to take an action. And action is only w- happens when you take any risk. Right. And you have to take risk in your life. Like I just remembered when you said your story, I just realized like uh, when I, so like it's just almost been two years for me since I moved to this country. And uh, last year when I was, uh, so I've worked into various jobs. I've worked as a Uber driver, I worked uh, in a chocolate store being uh, selling uh, chocolates, ice cream. Right. Yeah. Then the recent job that I did, which I uh, left, and after that, I never went back. And by the way, that was the first time ever in my life I worked under someone. Because before that, back in India, I was an entrepreneur too. Okay. So I've never really worked under someone. So this was like a very fascinating experience for me. But then when I started working for someone and I realized that what about my dreams? What about my goals? What, where do I have to achieve? It's for some time it's good, but like, if I need to be there, I need to start doing shit on my own and I have to get on my own feet. Right. Then uh, at the same time I was establishing my marketing and everything was going on. But then again, I realized like what is really important for me, the money or the freedom. Mm-hmm. And that was the time, you know, I have from my sales, so I worked as a car salesman too. So last time when I was working as a car salesman, so they were moving me to another position where I could do marketing and sales and everything and the pay was higher. It was like, literally they were paying me. And I said that I don't want that position. I I don't want to work anymore. And they were like, but Sas, it's more money. And I'm saying, you don't understand it, right? It's not about the money. Right. Right. So the moment, and because... And the reason why I did that, I'm sorry, uh, I'm uh, cutting you in between. Uh, the reason why I did that is because I wanted to put myself into a risky situation. Now I have no backup. Now let's see how it goes. Right. Yeah, no, that's good. That's really good. It's powerful. Right. And, uh, you know, again, you can design a life. I think for the most part, though, most people flow down the river uh, and and just kind of just go and end up wherever um, they end up. Um, I, and I used to live like that. Like, again, like when I was at TD, you know, started off in the tape library, then I became a frontline operator. And then like, hey, Gary, you know what? You're a hard worker. Why don't you be a, uh, a team lead? Okay, cool. Hey, Gary, you're doing really good. Why don't you be a manager? Yeah, I'd love to be a manager. Hey, Gary, you amazing job. Why don't you be a shift manager? Yeah, I want to be a shift manager. Okay, I'll do it. But, but but when I stepped back and I remember, um, you know, talking to one of my uh, senior managers and uh, it, it was, the conversation was, you know, like, yeah, you know, but they're, they're looking at me and they, they really, 
um, love the work that I'm doing and I'm so thankful for them. It's like, no, they're putting you in those positions because you're helping them. Yeah. And that really kind of hit me mm. where it wasn't me designing my life. I was falling into somebody else's design, mm. you know, and, and those are just some of the things that, that were happening where you, you just have to kind of take a step back or sometime somebody just says something important to you that you're like, hold on a second. What am I doing? Where am I going? And literally I was, I was just happening to go down life. And now it's so much better when you can actually design it, when you can say, this is what I want, because here's what it does as well too, is it also gives you the power and the confidence to say no, yes, no to things that, you know, um, that you don't want to do. Cause a lot of times if you don't know what you want and things come in you're like, Oh, this is a great opportunity. Now, if something comes in, I can like, is it on my whiteboard? Nope. Not interested. <laughs> Maybe I'll put it on there next year, but yeah. that is not part of the design that I have this year. And I don't have room for that, uh, to, to, to do it. Mm -hmm. no, that's, right? amazing. that's amazing. Yeah. So like, uh, and I see you, Gary, you're really fit. Like you really, it seems like that you really work hard and on your fitness and everything. How do you maintain that? You, especially during these times, do you have a home gym or you like, how do you take care of your fitness and everything? Yeah, it's a good question. So I used to work out a lot more um, pre-COVID. I, I don't work out as much as I do, but I do have a, a, a quick little routine that, that I do in the morning. And uh, it's really, I do some push-ups, I do some sit-ups, I do some stretches. I find stretches are super important. And I, and I find it just keeps me uh, obviously flexible as well too. But, but that's kind of what I do. And, and I also go out and I do some walking as well too. But there is, um, there's this one book I was reading. I think it was, I'm trying to remember what it was now. But anyways, it was along the lines of like the one minute workout. And, and essentially, you know, people have a difficult time mentally saying, okay, I got to get up. I got to get the gym clothes on. I got to go to the gym or mm -hmm. I got to go downstairs. To the gym. And so he was just pretty much saying, just go and work out for one minute. And just that one minute can change your life. Because once you start just for that one minute, you might maybe do two or three. Yeah. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. But it's just, it's just to go and say, okay, you know what? You know what? I'm going to go do one minute. And you just go and you get down and you're like, okay. And that, but now you're into it. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, uh, and so, so that's important to me. Um, I, I, I try my best to eat uh, healthy. Um, I, I do like intermittent fasting. I find that helps as well too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I don't, before I used to eat because it was breakfast, lunch, dinner. Now I just try to listen to my body and say, okay, I'm, I'm hungry now using it as fuel because I used to eat and I'd be like, I'd have to go sleep. And I'm mm. like, this doesn't make any sense. Why isn't food supposed to be energy? Mm. <laughs> so then why am yeah. I eating to sleep? And yeah. so once I realized that it's, it's made such a huge difference, yeah. you know, um, and, and I find that it, it allows me to be a more alert, more attentive um, when I'm not just filling my stomach up with food. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I'm really big on the health. I mean, look, I'm not a super health, not by any means. Um, but, but I think it's super important, you know, because, you know, uh, who said it best, Jim Rohn, uh, treat your body like a temple, not a woodshed. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this, and, and, and again, those are the mindset things. Those are little small things uh, can mm -hmm. change your life. Right. I remember what I right. used to do when I used to listen to Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar or anybody, it'd always be like in the car when I was going from work to home. And what I would do is when I would hear something powerful, I would hit stop. And then I would, um, I would uh, say, he say, uh, and it would record and I would paraphrase what I just heard. And I wouldn't be able to say it exactly how they said it, because sometimes it was a long paragraph or whatever. But then I would go back after I was done listening to like a particular Zig Ziglar or Jim Rohn or whatever. And then I would go back and I would listen to my recordings in my own voice and it almost became uh, like they were my words mm. you know mm -hmm. and sometimes i'd be like man i don't remember where i got that from because i paraphrased it differently from what they said but you know then i would go back and listen to it again oh yeah that was jim Rohn or that was Ziggler or whoever it might, right. whoever it might have been right but but i find i but i found by doing that it was it was hammering it into my 
conscious and I think maybe even subconscious mind. Mm. Right. So now, uh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. So, okay. so, <laughs> so anyways, uh, like about the fitness. Uh, so like, like you said that you were already into fitness and uh, which is why yeah. it was you just, and you have already tamed and disciplined yourself in such a way that even during these times you were able to you know pivot and adapt and whatever the circumstances were you could do it like those stretches those push-ups those chin-ups like but like uh, what happens mostly like when we talk about ordinary population everyone average on an average uh when people get depressed they just don't feel like getting out like mm -hmm. there, there are times like i know i mm -hmm. remember i've been there done that i know when you know you just don't feel like getting out of your bed when you are really really depressed has that ever feeling happened to you and uh, ever in the recent times or the previous times ever it, it it used to when i had my nine to five job but it hasn't since i've left and the reason why is because i have lots of whys hmm. so I, I i'm i'm so busy chasing dreams and goals and helping other people. And, uh, and, and so sometimes people are like, yeah, but Gary, like you're working more than you did at your nine to five job. And it's true. I do. Um, but I, but I enjoy it. Number one. Uh, and, and number two, it doesn't feel like work. But what I did as well too, is that it's very difficult to, I think, have a work-life balance. You know, I, I've asked this question many times. Some people say you can, most people say that you can, especially when they, when they're like, when I, when I talk to people at the higher level. And so it comes under more priority. So what I did, and, and this is, I think probably one of the best things that we, my wife and I did in the beginning was we, we got this big Bristol board. And when our kids were younger, they were, I don't know, four and seven years old. Like, Hey, look, we're going to start this company. It's called smart home choice. We want you to help us build it. So we wrote smart home choice in the middle. And then off of it, we said, what do you guys want? Oh, we want like a mascot. Cool. What else? We want a million dollars every month. All right, great. What else do you want? We want like two months off Two. How about four? Yay. Four months off. And so they helped us design and build this business. And so when we looked at the four months off, we're like, how do we, how do we get four months off a year? And so we did. And when we started the company, we took July and August off and we take December and January off. And to this day, we still do that. Wow. And, and so I, I guess what I really, what I'm saying is that, yes, I do work super hard. And, and I was telling my wife just today, I'm like, man, I can feel myself slowly starting to get burnt out, but I know the finish line is at the end of June. And so that's what kind of keeps me going because mm -hmm. in July and August, we have a cottage, we go up there, uh, we party, we drink, we have friends, we go on the boat, we see do. And by the end of August, I literally cannot party anymore. I'm done. I'm finished. <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and then now I'm back into work mode. That's awesome. and, and, and so then it's really what I'm doing is creating mini retirements. Mm. Ah, so instead of, and so instead of re waiting until I'm 65 to retire, I retire twice a year. And so then my, I'm still young. I'm still fit. I can still have fun. I can still take shots. I can, I can still do all the things. And, and while I'm doing it, the investors that we're working with and our clients, we show them this mm. because it, it, we want them to also be able to live that lifestyle as well too. So we just really just practice what we preach. Mm -hmm. you know, now I, I'm at working in the summer and yeah, I do a little bit, maybe three, four hours a week, mm -hmm. just to kind of maintain, keep a couple of things going. Um, you know, get some ideas flowing, but for the most part, you know, we're, we're enjoying it and we're spending time with the family and our friends. Well, this is amazing. Like what you said about the mini, uh, retirements, I think, uh, it's just a difference in the mental ability, right? Like just, you know, making those simpler choices, like what choice that you want to make, either you want to train your brain in thinking that, you know, the retirement happens after sixties or 65. Mm -hmm about just you know i have many re retirements within the whole year and i call it retirements right i like that yeah, yeah. i think that's and, something and, we should all go for yeah and and the great thing is that the clients our clients no one they see that yeah right mm -hmm. um which is what i what i love about it you know even like with our business you know we've got uh membership and everything and um they, they, they're still with us throughout the whole entire year 
but but it's right. because we give them our all from Feb to June and from the and from September to November. Like the web, and you see the webinars that we're doing and the podcast that I'm doing, like, and, and I'm out with clients and we've mm -hmm. got like another lending company and we're, I own like a brokerage and there's so many moving pieces um, that at times is chaotic. And, and I think that is what can lead to depression is when you don't have enough wise. That's, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. I honestly believe that you don't have enough wise, you don't have enough things to get you out of bed. You know, and so for me, it's it's always a race against time. I'm like, okay, I'm only going to do one more hour, and then I'm going to go down and, and spend some time with the wife, or I'm going, you know what I mean? Or okay, I'm up now. I'm back at work again because I, I just love what I do. Would you call that your biggest why? Sorry. Would you? What would be your biggest why if you would have to say? Would that be time or something else? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of time. And I think it's a combination of um, giving back and helping other people. I think it's service to many. Service to many leads mm -hmm. to greatness. You know, right. and so I, I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy helping uh, somebody new getting into, if it's real estate investing or trying to change their mindset. Um, that, that's, what I, that's what I enjoy. I mean, I'm, I'm, a couple of weeks from now, I'm actually going to be talking at a school um, you know, Zoom, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, what, what, are, what are their age? I think they're like eight to, to 12 or something like that. And really, it's just to teach them about mindset. It's to teach them uh, what to do with a dollar. You know, just things mm -hmm. that you, you, you were not taught when you were a kid, you know. Um, you know, I'm going to talk to them about why I didn't like school either, because I know most kids <laughs> don't like school. Some do, obviously. But, but, but and also... But, but make them understand the reason why school is important, because you may not remember everything in school, but what it is, is about consistency and discipline. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if you can take that from school and apply it to your, to your life, that is how people become successful. Not trying to remember certain things, but just the consistency and the discipline of doing the work that you said that you're, you're supposed to do and that, you, that you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, uh, Gary, so Sahas and I were actually talking about, because uh, what you mentioned seemed, um, it's about being um, a genius in your own way, being an intellect in your own way. So Sahas and I were talking about this a while ago, and we wanted to get like an answer from every guest. Uh, the question is pretty simple. I wanted to see what you would think. Now, um, we were, we were having this back and forth argument about what is the meaning of being a genius? What is a genius? Is it about being book smart? Is it about being wealthy? Is it about work ethic, EQ, IQ? What is it? Um, and what defines you as a genius? So I want to ask you, uh, Gary, what is your definition of genius? And with that, within that definition, would you consider yourself a genius? The definition of a genius is, I think, knowing when you, that's a tough question. I think it's knowing <clears throat> when you don't know the answers and willing to receive it. So, so getting out of your way of what you think that you know, that's what I think it is. And, and being able to receive that information because nobody knows it all. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I know that, you know, when I do those podcasts, I'm always learning something new, you know, always, even though sometimes I may have, my, and, uh, you know, an idea formulated about something and somebody says something I'm like, you know what, I like the way that you said that I'm always trying to find a way to always understand where they're coming from and then, mm -hmm. and then, and then adapt that into what I already know. And I think that's a level of genius, just knowing that you don't know it. That's are a good you, answer. Are you a genius? I don't know if I would say I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say I, I would say that we're all on the path of becoming geniuses. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, I, I don't think you can ever reach it. Yes. Genius means perfect, right? Like if you were perfect, then you are God. It's as yeah. less possible. But genius, like what and you've uh, rightly said that, you know. It's just, it's just the like choosing to say what you like, choosing to say no, taking those risks and getting into those mindset 
when you are talking about genius is that it's 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 somewhere dormant inside of you every i think i believe that everybody has a genius inside of you it's mm-hmm. just that you have to access it on your own through the experiences through the people that you meet like you were talking about your podcast that you are learning from that and that's what we are also doing with these podcasts i've told mm-hmm. uh, ali that you know the first day when we started i'm just so much excited to see how my 100th episode is going to be like mm-hmm. or yeah. 50th or something and i want to just see the journey and we will not be the same people anymore because the kind of conversations that you and i we are having with especially from you and other interviewees who have come on to this part it's such a learning experience for us to have and grow from that knowledge and implement and grow from that knowledge Agreed. so yeah, yeah, so- yeah we we're, we're all imprinting ourselves on each other essentially yeah. you know and uh i mean I, i remember when i first started doing the podcast i mean man i had like all the questions right here <laughs> and and the reason why was obviously I didn't have the confidence yet um but now I really do my best just to listen to what the other person is saying and and what you guys are doing as well too I think you guys are doing a phenomenal job because then you're truly engaged in the conversation as opposed to trying to figure out what's the next question that you want to ask yeah you know you mm-hmm. you just you're just listening and and you're picking up on the words that they're saying and then you can formulate other uh ideas uh yeah. questions answers to to what's being said yeah no absolutely and that was the whole point so like we always think about it that you know we want to learn out of it and we want people also to learn and gain some kind of a have value uh, associated with that and we don't want to keep it like very very structured in a way that you know we, uh, one question after the other what's right. the point if i don't get to understand what you're saying exactly right right it's because it's a conversation it's not like you know uh, some tv show or something that you are rehearsing for and it's an it's not an acting it's a real life and the kind of nuggets that you are giving from your experience from whatever you have been through in your life it's what sharing and i don't know how much value is it not just giving to me but the people who are going to listen to this so thank you so much for this Well thank you. Thank you guys for having me here and, and and you know thank you guys for uh doing this show and I think you guys are going to truly help other people. And and I always say this it's like you know who who knows who is going to reach who knows who is going to touch but even if it just touches one person each show that is I think why you guys are doing what you're doing because that's that's really why I do what I do. You know when I have some of those events and there's 100 people on those calls it's like even if it's just one person that is a great night for me mm-hmm. you know yeah it's so true yeah and 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 my and my job i remember when i first started down this path was when i started learning all this i'm like i'm going to change everybody's life and it, it was difficult because some people are not ready yet oh, yeah and so mm-hmm. then i think the better way is to just be a beacon and so right. then this is what i do here i am if if you want to learn more from me you reach out to me i'm i'm not going to reach out to you you know that is such mm-hmm. a powerful point and i've seen that happen so many times when i talk to people about certain things that oh i'm going to put my money away in an rsp and i tell them there's a better way you know um mm-hmm. and they're never open to receiving that information and I tell them okay it's fine you know and um i'll just do it myself and eventually you know if you have questions you can come to me and eventually they do come over once they start seeing things in a different way they start asking more questions that's when they're more open and receptive to getting more information so i've i 100% agree on that and sas also told me about this interesting concept is that in or even in a relationship try not to change the other person let them be and just be that beacon like you said and be yourself and when things happen they will happen Yeah. That's a good point. And I'll, and I'll say one last thing um in, in regards to that and relationships I think as well too because relationships are very difficult. And I remember me and my wife we were going on a path where we were, you know, about to get separated. And looking back at it, what I realized was that I was looking to her to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And then once I understood that and got that concept, I don't I remember how it happened. Um and then i started focusing and working on myself and i would come in and i would just be happy 
And she was like, how are you happy? Because we're mad, we're in a fight. And, but, but I just changed me, it made me happy. And then by mm -hmm. doing that, you can also start to change the people around you because then she then also started to become happy as well too. So you be the light. Don't depend and wait on somebody else to, to, to brighten up your day, right? Nobody has access to your on or off switch. And here's a great mm -hmm. analogy. I mean, I can walk up to your car and scratch it, your brand new Lexus, and that should make you happy. But you can turn around and say, thank God you did that because I didn't even like this car. I actually wanted the Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so it's only right. you, only, only you can, you, you're the one who has access to yeah, that. It's just the narrative, right? Like how do you change the narrative of that situation right. or anything? Right. So, and the moment you realize that what you start taking responsibility that everything is happening because of you, it's not happening to you. So that, right. Yeah, who said that? Was it Tony Robbins or Les Brown? I don't. Life know. is not happening to you. Life is happening for you. Oh yeah, that's a very common one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, yeah. That's, that's powerful. It is powerful. Right. You know, there's one that another one I really like too is um because I think sometimes people just want life to be easier, and so here's another great analogy as well too is that. You know, if if you have a football and you run a hundred yards and there are no linebackers and, and and you spike the football in the end zone, can you call it a touchdown? Or hmm. do you need to go through those linebackers? And that is what life is. Life is about being being hit hard, pain, getting knocked down, and getting back up. Because when you do get through those linebackers and you are able to actually spike that football on the ground that is so much more rewarding yeah right and that's how life is yeah you know it's, it's not supposed to be easy mm -hmm. absolutely and there's another an analogy that i was uh, listening to yesterday and just reminded me when you said that so like when you climb when somebody climbs up the mount everest and they know that it's a peak that you want to reach but you don't know that the peak also has the valleys that you have to cross, go down, right. go down, come up. And same is the life that if you have a success or a goal to achieve up there, but you have to go down in order to be come up again. So, mm -hmm. so that's all. How and you know, what, and then what the hard part is though, is that the valleys are the best part. Yes. Not when you're in it, when you come out of it. Also in it, like, like how I train mm -hmm. myself. Like in that case, thank you so much that I'm in because I know how hard am I going to come out of it. Yeah. You're going to watch it. So it's like that. Yeah. Interesting. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel sore. And it's okay to feel depressed. Mm -hmm. Just don't stay there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Because the, the, those emotions are there to, to, to drive you. Yeah. You know, like, again, like, you know, there was, there was times, I'll tell you what really changed my life. The emotion that changed my life was when I was at TD and, and talking to my coworkers and saying, like, how do we get out of here? How do we get out of here? And, you know, I'm asking, not to knock them by any means, but I'm asking the same crabs in the bucket how to get out of this bucket. And, and that was when I was just like, man, I can't wait till I retire. Mm -hmm. Like 35, 33, however old I was, I'm like, I just said i can't wait to wish away 30 years of my life yeah. and so the the emotion at that point in time was disgust disgusted with myself that's a powerful emotion if you use it and channel it in the right way and i and i used that and i and and, and it became um you know a huge catapult for me to to spring forward as opposed to just sitting and marinating in it how did you change that emotion how did you change that emotion? I put that to, to, to work. I put that to trying to find another way going on the internet, Googling, just, just searching, looking, because mm -hmm. it was just frustration. Like I have to find another way. I have to find some, somebody to teach me, somebody to motivate me, somebody, somebody who has the answers. And it took a long time, you know, but, but because it was so strong, that emotion, it lasted for months, lasted for right. years, you know? Until... Do you know how, sorry, go on. No, it's okay, go on. 
Yeah, I'm just curious to know like how long the process was for you from changing that mindset. Was it buying your first property you instantly yeah. knew or what that was the returning point? Buying the first property sparked it. Buying mm -hmm. because um, I didn't think that I'd be able to buy uh, a, a property. Um, it was in 2008. And um, I remember a friend, uh, I was telling him, I was like, I know that I've got to get into real estate investing. I, I've got to figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the reason why was because here's what I figured out as well, too, was that I'd had to go into my financial advisor's office for the third time to take all my debt and put it into my mortgage. I, I, I couldn't keep up with inflation and what was happening. I didn't understand at the time, but I'm like, man, thank God I have a home. So I'm sitting in my financial advisor's office. She's like, Gary, you're terrible with debt. You're terrible with credit cards. You're terrible with lines of credit. So I'm like, I know I don't want any more of them. Just get rid of them and don't even open them. Just close them. She's like, all right. She leaves. I'm sitting in the office by myself. And I look up and I see the index chart. And the index chart is this big chart, 50 years, shows you what um, interest rates have done. It shows you the presidents. It shows you... Um, uh, a bunch of other things, okay? All these charts. And then on there, there was inflation. And inflation was averaging anywhere from like, I don't know, three, 4% a year to like 15 or 20%. Oh. And so on average, five or 6%, you know, if you factor it over 50 years. I was like, hold on a second. My raise at work last year was $1,000, which is pretty good. You know, it wasn't Ooh. bad. But I did the math and I'm like, hold on a second. My raise is only 1.6%. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, I get it. I can't outpace inflation. It was mm -hmm. mathematically impossible. So I was like, well, what if I own one more property or even two more? Because that was when it just triggered that I can't outpace inflation by having a job. That was when that really kind of helped to spark the, um, that, that way to say, okay, I need to get investment properties. And look, and I, and I tell this to people now, um, like I don't love real estate investing. People are like, what? what are you talking about? Like I don't, I, I just like, I love what it allows me mm -hmm. to do. It gives me freedom of choice and peace of mind. That, that is why I like real estate. Like, think about it. Do you, who likes dealing with tenants? There's nice tenants out there, but dealing with tenants and maintenance and uh, leaky roofs and fog. No, but come on. Somebody wakes up and says, man, I can't wait to see what problems I have with this rental property. No, you, you, you do it for what it's able to do for you and your family. And so, yeah, so it was real estate that really kind of got me down this path. Um, but then also I had to get the mindset piece right, right as well too. You know what the crazy thing is with that first property? But so, so here's another really interesting story was that um, my friend came to me because I told him like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy an investment property. And he, I didn't have any money. And he goes, okay, look, my dad, um, he's going through a divorce. Can you buy his home? Because he wants to stay there. So it was in Oshawa. It was like $200,000. Okay. This is in 2008. Mm -hmm. And back then, this is right around when the U.S. depression was happening. Right. And so back then you could buy an investment property, 0% down. Oh man. 0% down. That book. Yeah. So 0% down. So I bought the property. And so I had to come up with the land transfer tax and the, and the lawyer fees and all that. It was $3,000. I didn't have it. I didn't have it because I remember I, I, I cut up all my credit cards and the lines of credit and everything. Mm -hmm. So I had to go back to my friend. I'm like, listen, why don't we do a joint venture together? He's like, I don't have any money. He's like, you put in 1500 bucks. I'll put in 1500 bucks. Mm -hmm. That is how tight things were for me. Then, and that's a, that's a true story. Legitimate true story. That's how I got my first investment property. Wow. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. Good times though. Yeah. 0% yeah. down, 200,000. <laughs> 0% down, 40 year amortization. Wow. 40. Wow. I didn't yeah. hear that. The max yeah. I heard is uh, 35. Yeah. It, it was like a small window. It was like, I don't even know, maybe four, maybe six months or something like that. Oh man. Yeah. So it's hard. It, yeah. It's hard, man, to like look back and think, oh, the, the boat's gone, but it's, I know for a fact, 20 years from now, I'm going to look back to this day and say, oh, I should have bought a property. Oh, things are way more easier. You're right. Listen, here's the thing as well, too. So from 2008 to now, mm -hmm. every year, um, the discussion that we, I've always had with my team and investors is real estate investing is too expensive. Real estate investing is too expensive. Every year, it's always been that. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. There's been a couple of dips here and there, but it's always too expensive. 
right? And you look back, mm -hmm. you know, next year, and you're like, oh, it's too expensive. You just have to just get in. Just, just yeah. get in. That's just it. Just get in. Just get in. Do whatever it is. You beg, borrow, steal. That's what I did. Because after I got that one, then I went back to the banks. I'm like, oh, okay. Then I have to, then I started understanding debt. Then I was like, there's a difference? Good debt, bad debt? Mm -hmm. And so then I went and got lines of credits. I went and got, because then I started using those to buy my investment properties. I, as much as I could, I didn't care. I went to Royal Bank and Scotia Bank and TD Bank and Bank of Montreal, and I just knocked on the door. I said, "Hey, you guys have any money? Have any money? Have any money?" <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Oh man, and we put ourselves into all kinds of debt, but I knew that it was good debt, right? That is important. And but the hard part too was that then you know people at work were like, "Gary, you got six properties. You got seven properties. The market's going to crash. You're going to lose everything." And, and again, though, at the time, I didn't understand it fully. Um, and so then I also started getting worried as well, too. And mm -hmm. so this is when it's important to surround yourself with the right people, because then you can go back and you can have a conversation with them and say, yeah, but what if the market crashed? doesn't matter. We don't, we don't buy homes for appreciation. We buy them for cash. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, cool. Good. Good. Yeah, I like Makes that. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Since we are almost coming to the close, I have one last question for you, Gary. And yep. uh, so let's imagine. So let's say you are ninety-nine years old, and every record of whatever things that you have done in your life, and it's vanished. It's gone away. There is no record. Good things, bad things, money, whatever it is. What three pieces of advice would you give to your grandchildren about life? There is no such thing as mistakes only experience um never tell never let anybody tell you that you can't do what you want to do and life is shorter than you think it is yeah all right awesome. the that's Gary, awesome. thank you so much for coming on, man. I got so much value. Sauce, I'm sure he did yeah, as yeah. well. This was a very influential podcast episode. So yeah. some of the things you said, I'm going to go back and make snippets, like, you know, paraphrase them like myself. And I like that idea. I think that's going to be very useful when doing audiobooks as well. So thanks again, man. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. I, I had a great time. I think this is a great podcast. Again, I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. And so thank you very much for having me on the show. And look, I'll tell you this, I think you guys, you guys really drew a lot of good things out of me. You know, I, I, this is one of my favorite <laughs> podcasts that I've, that I've done. You know, I had to kind of wow. dig a little deep for this one here. So thank you. Oh, that that really means a lot. Thank you so much. That's, yeah, that's the idea of Inside Out. We want to bring that shit out, see what we can pull. Yeah, and we got a lot. We did. I'm sure anyone listening probably got a lot of value too. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank anytime. You. And you can have me back anytime. I'd love to do this again. Love it. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Take All right. care.